This week's episode is brought to you by the Hulu original series The Handmaid's Tale for your consideration. Time magazine raves that The Handmaid's Tale is masterful, and IndieWire proclaims Elizabeth Moss commands each and every moment. All episodes now streaming only on Hulu. Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz on the Twitters. And I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Liz Shannon Miller on the Twitters. You're doing great. No, I'm... Who am I again? Uh, Han Nguyen. I'm Han Nguyen at Hanonymous on the Twitters. There you go. See? Great. Great. I already feel better. I'm already more accomplished. Um, I I have better taste in food. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you have any taste in food. <laughs> I have any taste in food. That food <laughs> critic job I applied for back in 2009 might take me now. I'll check in later. Yeah. Uh, um, this is actually Ben T. Travers on the Twitters. Oh, you're Ben Travers. I was wondering about that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's okay. He's not. Watch out for him. But I wouldn't say that to his face. So <laughs> pretend I didn't look at you. Good plan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we're coming to you... Uh, We're coming to you to talk a little bit about the fact that Thanksgiving is over, so now it's Christmas time or holiday season time. It is time for a lot of different things. Some of these things are really fun. They're holiday parties, and you get to, you know, spend time with loved ones, or you get to, in some cases, not work a lot and not spend time in the office. Wait, who does that? Um, I've heard rumors. Oh, like people who, like, work at, like, big fancy law firms or on Wall Street in New York? Yeah, Right. Yeah. Uh, those people. The president. Like, the president. Obviously. Yeah. I can't Not wait. that he needs a holiday. I mean, I don't know. He really clearly needs a holiday because he keeps taking them. <laughs> Touche. Way to turn that around. <laughs> yeah. That's just the logic. How, how dare you question our commander in chief, Ben? I have respect for the office, Liz. I have respect for the office. Oh, gosh. Man, who's, who else is going to spend a, a good portion of Thanksgiving rewatching old West Wing episodes? Well, not me. I mean, not after all those turkeys are just dying so quickly. Mm. It just takes all the joy out of it. Like, you've got all the, the huge dilemma about CJ trying to part, decide which she turkey is She saves both the turkeys. But those turkeys are dead within a year anyway because that's what we do to our turkeys. They just aren't bred to survive anymore. Well, also, they get, like, fed to death up on that petting zoo. Yeah. But you make a fair point. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now that we're talking about turkey death... Um, let's change the subject to something. Second time. Second time we've talked about turkey death? Well, death. Death, yeah. Uh, we'll see if that first reference makes it in or not. Yeah, well. I might. It'll come back around anyway. Yeah, I have no doubt. We're talking uh, about Christmas after all. <laughs> well, the holidays. But in order to distract ourselves from the eminent, eminent coming of death. There we go. Nice, Liz. Thank you. Uh, um, let's talk about the fact that, you know, you're... In some way or another, probably going to have to spend some money this holiday season to buy things for the people you love. Or you don't have to do this, but it's a nice thing to do, especially because some people might buy you stuff in return. Um, uh, like, and what this comes down to, though, is things have changed in like the last 15 years or so. Like, when I remember one of the best Christmas presents I've ever received in my entire life was in 1999 or no, it was 2000. It was Christmas of 2000. And no, lies. 2001. Sorry. But the date matters because I received the entire series of Sports Night on DVD. Jesus Christ. Um, and my brother and I proceeded to watch 
the entire series in the space of the days between Christmas and New Year's. It was great. My mother did not agree because we talked like those characters for oh, the rest God. of the week. Oh, Liz. What? That is cruel and unusual punishment for your mom. Mrs. Miller, I am so sorry that you endured she, that. She did not care for it. No, no one should. No one should care for it when they do it in the show. I love it. It is it is. Aaron Sorkin is figuring things out on that show. And he, he obviously does later, but not during. This falls in a, a classic Liz and Ben fight number like 25 is the fact that we both really admire some of Aaron Sorkin's work, but our tastes in that area differ. I admire all of Aaron Sorkin's work, and I recognize that at the beginning of uh, a young career, you are still finding your voice a bit, especially when you have um, the, the the playwright's diction, let's say, of a young Aaron Sorkin. And, uh, you know, Sports Night was a, a great precursor to the greatness that would follow. Hmm. I still prefer it. I, that's just insane. <laughs> I love those kids. There's... It, you can't tell me that there's been a better Aaron. Well, okay, no wait. West Wing is technically a better cast, but mm-hmm. Sports Night is a really, really amazing cast. They are, especially they for are that era. Great actors. Yeah, they were doing their best to make those words work, and they do most of the time. Some of the time, they kind of succeed. Also, I feel like I have a very deep awareness of the fact that I prefer Aaron Sorkin when directed by Tommy Shalani. like. Well, we're about to find out if we prefer Aaron Sorkin when he's directed by Aaron Sorkin. That is true. You and I are about to see Molly's game, which should be a lot of fun. Point it. Well, we'll see. Idris Elba's going to be there. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not questioning the the, uh, the quality, but I don't know if a lot of fun will be the correct descriptor. We'll see. I guess it's supposed to be entertaining. I don't yeah. know. Certainly seems funnier than, like, I don't know. Florida Project? Yeah, it's... Well, actually, I don't know. Florida Project had its charms. It, it had its... It, that's a good way to put it. It had its charms. Yes. I don't know if I'd call it funny. We are getting so distracted. The question, the thing is... Well, no, that- it all relates back to the same central question. Right. Now, movies are a little bit different yeah. because they're specific and they're shorter and, and they can be seen differently and you arguably have to pay for them in the same way as you used to. But that gift that you got, Liz, of Sports Night on DVD, mm-hmm. if you were going to get it today, how would it be purchased for you? What's the best option in which to give that gift. If I knew that you lost that, let's say, like yeah. your your brother came and he stole it. He's like, it's mine now. Liz doesn't get a copy. And you were like, Ben, on November 29th, you're telling me like, Ben, I don't have a Sports Night DVD anymore. Oh, man, I should get Liz Sports Night. But then I'd have to decide, do I get Liz, like the actual DVD as a replacement, like a physical media copy of Sports Night? Do I look up where Sports Night is streaming and buy her a subscription to the streaming service uh, mm-hmm. that it's on? Do I get her a digital version of it through iTunes or what have you? Um, there's there's so many different ways in which to try to gift television to someone, and everybody's tastes is so are so dictated by how they watch TV because mm-hmm. some people still use DVD players, some people prefer Blu-ray, some people only want to stream it through their Apple TV, some people you know uh, only want to stream it through. Uh, whatever service they've got like if they've got a roku and they don't use apple tv they want to just have it as an option through netflix or hulu or whatever it's on Um, and all of these things kind of play into what you have to do when it comes down to christmas and it makes it a little bit harder at least for people like me and liz i would imagine i loved buying people tv as a gift like back in the day and it makes it a little bit harder to do that i will say like sticking with our example of sports night like 
I believe it's only streaming on Hulu right now, and I already get Hulu, uh, so it's not like if you bought me my gift gift subscription for that, it wouldn't really be of much value to me. Um, And like the DVDs, you know, like I I am still one of the very few people who has a computer with a DVD slot. Um, A lot of people either have to use external drives or or SOL. Um, it, It is like increasingly less common to just have a DVD player. Um, like, I wouldn't have one in my apartment if I didn't have a, you know, PS3. And even that's starting right. to get a little raggedy. Um, so soon, right. who knows? I mean, do you have a DVD player in your apartment? It's the same as you. I, I mean, I made sure that I always had a Blu-ray ever since Blu-ray came out because I definitely prefer the Blu-ray discs. They mm-hmm. suckered me in as soon as the scratch-resistant technology was kind of made clear to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's very important. I don't want to worry about these being messed up anymore just by wear and tear. Um, so, But it, it is, it's PS3. Like, right. it's just um, a normal, but, and it, it, slowly aging PlayStation 3. I didn't know that you actually had a PlayStation 3. That's cool. Yeah. Um, huh. But I feel like, and, and meanwhile, like, we're getting into this interesting place in the media landscape where, like, there's something of an archivist ment- mentality that still exists, I think, amongst collectors, um, especially as we increasingly enter, we get hit occasionally with like, you know, various services deciding, no, nah, we're not just not going to carry those shows anymore. Like you right. can no longer watch the X-Files on Netflix. And yeah. so we have, so thank- thankfully Hulu exists, but eventually what, when, when Fox has to renegotiate those deals, who knows what's going to happen there? Right. The constant flux of this is is a is a real problem. As are, you know, everybody's trying to come up with their own original programming. But for certain occasions or certain favorite shows, you may only want HBO for. I mean, I don't know what show that's like short and beloved that you'd want. If I, the newsroom, we'll just say it. The newsroom. You want HBO uh, just for that. And um, I would have given you a freebie. I know. <laughs> I thought you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, like if you only want it for that, it's not worth paying fifteen dollars a month just for that, and then maybe waiting to see if you know this week's curb justifies the fact that I kept my subscription for the month or whatever. Like there, there, there's certain times of the year where it's better to have that and and to pay it. But then for the rest of the year, do you cut off your subscription and lose access to the show that you may want to watch or have the urge to watch, you know, once a month or or more or whatever? So I mean, there's those are kind of weird factors that go into how you decide what shows you want to make sure you keep in some way and how you keep them. Yeah, I mean, like, in, in, in this example, then, like, if you're looking for a solution for buying someone your favorite, you know, your favorite TV show that you want to share with them, like, this is maybe, like, maybe the iTunes digital digital copy is the right solution. But iTunes, you're going to get hit with DRM issues there. Like, it's not copy. It, it's, it's, and digital it, and it wants, and what? Digital rights management. Yeah, exactly. Um and also, uh, you know, Apple really wants to own everything and keep it in its little safe bubble. So, like, having – you're not going to get, like – they're going to want you to store it all in the cloud and not actually have physical files on your computer. But let's say something happens to your cloud account and it gets corrupted or something else happens or you just are traveling on an airplane and you just want to watch it right there. Like, you don't have the physical files with you. and Yeah, you've, have, you've got to prepare in a different way to either download them or plan ahead for access somehow and that's not always the easiest thing to do as opposed to like packing a copy on your flash drive or a physical copy if you still had a dvd player in your right. thing but the other thing that's interesting oh actually continue you, you had some more well stuff. i had one well, i had one more too which is also buying digital copies like 
I'm sure you're hitting, I don't know what your family's Christmas tree is like sometimes, but my family, uh, we give each other physical objects a fair amount, but more and more little piles of envelopes are starting to stack up underneath the Christmas tree because it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, you know, and they're all like Amazon redemption codes and all that because, you know, like we're sharing a lot of digital media and that's the simplest way to do it. But it's not as satisfying as opening oh, no. up a box. Especially, yeah, no, not on, not when you're giving a gift to someone, it's never satisfying to have that card or that envelope compared yeah. to like a big physical thing that you're shaking and trying to figure out what it is. And this is a very Luddite attitude. It feels a little bit, but right. It, it, it's, but it's, it's something you have to address in one way or another, at least our generation and, and generations older than us. I mean, to me, it's a storage issue. To me, it's something where I am trying to live my life with a more more of a minimalist attitude. I, I want to have less things in the apartment. I don't want to have a lot of storage and a lot of things stacking up and a ton of copies. But I am a big DVD collector. I've got a, a ton of DVDs from over the years. Most of them were bought, and Blu-rays, most of them were bought when I was younger, like college and on. But... Uh, it's it's harder and harder to justify storing those when you can look at the option and say, I could just continue this trend and, and keep them in a cloud, on a computer, or on a hard drive in this digital form, and then I'll have literal more space, and I can have a cleaner lifestyle, and I'll feel less cluttered, and it'll all be organized in one place. And, and there's, there's appeal to that that we all have to kind of address on our own means, but it is that thing you're talking about where it feels safer and it feels better to get a gift that's physical, and it feels safer to have a physical copy of something than it does to just let it exist out in the ether. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I know I've got a lot of movies on, um, what's it called, Ultraviolet? Or what's oh, the... yeah, really? Uh, you, you use Ultraviolet? Well, I don't really, but when I got the Blu-rays and they came with the codes you for Ultraviolet, and... or I, like most of them had Ultraviolet, and some of them had the iTunes one, and I used that instead. And, mm-hmm. But most of them I think I have on the Ultraviolet account somewhere, but I don't use that. I don't know what's on there. It's not reliable. And I didn't like stick with it enough to, to actually implement the practice of, of watching them through there. So, um, so yeah, it's, it feels very scattered, and I'd like to focus it. And we're getting... A little bit off topic. Right. Um, because we do want to try to... Come up with solutions. Not, yeah, we don't want to just tell you guys, hey, don't buy TV anymore for, as a gift, because we, we we want to do that, and I want to do that, and I want to figure out the best way to do it. But I do have one more question for you, Liz, and this is, again, as you guys, as veteran listeners know, I am racked with guilt about everything, and every decision I make, I, try, I usually end up thinking far too hard about it. And one of those issues, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, Liz is buying the first season of something mm. that's only available for a, on a subscription platform. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not like a Netflix because, I mean, I, I don't think I'll ever buy a Netflix show for somebody because that seems like the one streaming service you can almost safely assume they have access to. Um, and if they don't, then I'd rather buy them the subscription and just whatever. But anyway, um, if I'm buying a first season of a show that's, say, on HBO – and you know that the only way they'll be able to keep up with it, if they do like it as much as I expect them to, mm-hmm. is to continue to pay for HBO for as long as the show continues to air or to pay for HBO long enough where they can catch up to watch however much of the show is already out there. Um, do you factor that in when you're buying something? Like, do you would you shy away from buying just the one? Would you feel like you have to buy uh, the first three or the first five or, like, buy them the first season and then give them, like, a one-month pass if they did like whatever it was like how do you kind of go about that well it falls into the same category as um i think another question i i feel i don't know if we've discussed it but i definitely like have been hit with the question of like 
what happens when you recommend a when you recommend a show that's on a streaming platform that no one else gets? Um, like, do you do you feel like do I do I feel guilty when I say to people, yeah, you should watch Star Trek Discovery, even sure. though yeah. like it's going to be commercial free ten bucks a month. Yeah, um, it's in, it falls in the same category, but I feel well, like it should be almost like there's one way to think about it is that this is a solution to that problem. Right. That this is like saying, okay, I recognize that I've been telling you to watch this show that you don't have access to. I'm going to give you access somehow. Right. But is it? Are, but the flip side is, are you? Is the first hit free, and then you got to right. pay for more? <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there was a nice tradition my family had going for a little while. I think it was mostly just my brother, but my brother would send me, uh, would buy me every year for Christmas while it was running, uh, new seasons of How I Met Your Mother, just like once a year. Because while the show is still running, like you know, the DVDs would become available, and then like so yes, every year for under the Christmas tree was a new was the latest season of How I Met Your Mother, and I'd already been watching it, but that's how I have I think the entire series on DVD right now. I think the the biggest thing is of course like knowing the person you're giving the gift to. Like knowing you as I do, I know that you would much prefer receiving like a flash drive with files on it, even if it's not a particularly festive one. Um, but you actually, you could probably go online and buy like some really cute flash drives that like, let's say I was buying you all the Star Wars movies. You could, I could buy like a R2D2 shaped uh, flash drive and I could give you that. And then that way you'd have the movies, but you wouldn't have the extra clutter of yet more DVDs. That's true. And I could, I could kind of determine what to do with them on my own. And uh, there's that physical gift that you're able to hand somebody that's not just the shape of an envelope. Um, that being said, I, I do feel like, I do feel like a lot of people are more okay these days with getting something like a gift card um, yeah. than they were in the past. I don't think that that has the stigma attached to it that it used to, where it seemed kind of like a lazy thing if you were just going to buy somebody a Chili's gift card for Christmas, which, by the way, if anybody wants to, yes, that's not – that would be a very thoughtful gift for me. Um, but, uh, but no, I think nowadays when you, when you buy that, it usually is for a purpose. So, like, if you combine that thought of, like, a Hulu gift card – saying, hey, I really want you, I want you to watch these shows, and you give them, like, a list of five shows, and they're available on Hulu, and that's how you catch up with The Handmaid's Tale and mm-hmm. uh, The Path and and Casual, and then you can also watch Lethal Weapon and, right. you know, Gotham. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's there's ways to go about doing that that's very fitting for the person you're giving it to, mm-hmm. um, and it won't be as, I don't think it'll be as treated treated the same way that it used to. So you can get away with with some of the gift card stuff as long as you know enough about them and how they watch TV mm-hmm. to be able to say, I know you'll be able to use this. Like, it would kind of suck if you gave, well, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, it might suck if they if they didn't have any way to watch Hulu on a TV, like if they had to watch it on their computer, like maybe that's not as useful. But if that's how they watch TV, then it's just as good. So. Yeah, I mean, uh you know, like you, you know, it's it's all about getting creative. Like you could get if you wanted to, if you knew that they wanted to watch The Handmaid's Tale but hadn't gotten to it yet, you could get them a Hulu gift card, and then you could also wrap it in a copy of The Handmaid's Tale, like stick it in the middle of the book. I mean, this involves buying a physical book, which is also it's a whole a whole right. new, a whole own thing. Faces similar challenges, but if the purpose is to get them the show, then that's not a bad way to go about it. Yeah, actually, I recently, uh, my mom recently requested um, a copy of Carrie Always' book about making the Princess Bride as you All wish, right. yep. but she very specifically requested the physical hardback version because she wanted to look at the photos, which you can see on the digital version, but aren't as nice. Absolutely. Um, I think also like 
uh, I would recommend if you have a Mr. Robot fan in your life, uh, the Red Wheelbarrow book, uh, which was released in between season or set is takes place between seasons one and two, um, is a much better experience uh, physically than digitally. Like there's stuff to play with. There's like in cool inserts that you can that are a lot more fun to engage with puzzle wise if you're looking at them there. Yeah, and if and if you know your TV watchers, somebody who really geeks out about bonus features and behind the scenes material and extra goodies, then you know a lot of the DVDs and Blu-rays are worth the the money and the purchase because they contain so much of that stuff. I mean, it's it's very disappointing to me that HBO has not released versions of the leftovers that have a ton of special features on them. I think the season three Blu-ray that's out literally has nothing on mm-hmm. it whatsoever. Um, but like the Twin Peaks Blu-ray that's coming out, it's got six hours of additional features on there, and any Twin Peaks fan is going to love the shit out of that thing. So um, that's a, a, a great way to do it. You can, and that's still a physical copy. You can obviously, there's Twin Peaks books and other things out there. You can get them. There's lots of gifts for TV fans. Um, but I mean, honestly, Liz, I, I think, I think it's fairly effective even to, to use guilt to your advantage in this kind of regard. And you could literally, like if somebody handed me 20 bucks mm-hmm. cash okay. and said, this is for you to watch Deadwood. Okay. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to use this specifically for that. I don't know. Like, I'm going to do it however I can. I'm going to get an HBO subscription. I'm going to find a DVD that's on sale. I'm going to bribe my buddy to get their password. Like, whatever the heck is easiest. Like, I'm going to use that cash for that purpose because if you give it to me as a gift, it's going to mean something. I'm not going to just take your money and run, Liz. I'm going to, you're going to look me in the eye and you're going to tell me that's what this is for. I'm going to be like, Okay, Liz, I hear you. And I mean, from you, I'd take it as a death threat. Like, I'd <laughs> literally be scared for my life. But from anyone else, I'd just feel the, the, the pressing guilt if I were to never watch that show, even though they gave me specifically money to do that. I mean, is it just like, you know, in exchange for accepting this $20, you agree to do whatever they tell you to do? Because that feels a little weird. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's putting it in a very weird way if you open up the connotations to anything. Mm-hmm. But if you use the same basis of operation that you were mentioning for gift cards and right. you use cash, that's fine. Like if you gave me the Handmaid's Tale book and it had a 20 tucked in it and you're like, figure out a way to watch the show. I mean, there's really a – well, did they come out with a DVD? Did they release that? I think they're doing it some sort of digital release, but I don't think they came out – I don't think it's been released on DVD yet. All right. Well, if there's multiple ways to watch it, then for whatever reason, if I didn't want Hulu, then I could go the other yeah. route with the money. But the point being, there's a way to kind of – make this happen and to use the holiday to your advantage if you really do want a buddy who just who just has to see the show that you know they'll love but they haven't figured out a way or a means to do it um i think there's i think there's multiple ways to get that done uh while acknowledging how tricky it is to gift tv in 2017 uh it looks like you can buy handmaid's tale digitally um at least so without without necessarily subscribing to hulu if you wanted to do that sort of thing hulu's great though i agree um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like it's not an easy a, a question with an easy answer. If you guys have solutions, uh, love to hear them. Uh, always looking forward, looking for uh, inspiration, as especially as we hit the holiday season and have lots of things to buy for our many loved ones. Yeah, we're always looking for ways to to avoid buying that gift where you're just like, I've, I've got to get them something. I guess I'll get them this. Like yeah. he, nobody feels good about that. I nobody. mean, it's nice to get the gift. You're, and you're not yeah. going to necessarily know that that's what their thought process was. But as the gift giver, that always sucks. You know it. 
And you don't feel good. It, it's nothing compared to the feeling of discovering a really great gift for somebody. Yeah, being like, I got this great idea. I'm going to give it to them and execute. It's going to be great. Yeah. They're finally going to see the leftovers, and then we're both going to be happy. Jar. No. <laughs> You've, you 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 you've you've mentioned it at least twice. We will await a ruling. Well, we'll consult the we'll consult the notes. Yes. For new listeners, by the way, I have to pay a penalty every time I mention the leftovers outside of proper context. Though I do think there's a clause that says any time on the podcast, unless we have a guest, yeah, specifically talking about the leftovers, yep. I'm not allowed to talk about it. So yeah. All right, so, I'll I'll just pay it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Liz, while I pay it, why don't you tell us what the best thing you watched on TV was last week? Um, I watched a few things, but I'm going to shout out, because now we're past the embargo, to The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it is a show that I think took a little time to warm up in its first episode, but once it gets started, it's really fun. And the following episodes, like, I want more of that world. I want more of Rachel Brosnahan and that Amy Sherman Palladino. She knows what she's doing. I'm going to be very curious to see how they continue to develop the stand-up routines because yes. that as always is a flaw in like a semi-dramatic hour-long mm-hmm. examination of stand-up comedy yeah but she's very entertaining when she does her stand-up if not outrightly funny so it's not as big of a problem as some of the other shows so yeah maybe it'll work yeah uh what about you ben what's the best thing you watched um the best thing i watched last week was was probably the end of godless i um i'm very into the show for many, many reasons. But there are a few shots at the end, and this is not spoilery because this is pretty much how they're marketing the show. But there are a few shots at the end of women with guns and lots of women with lots of guns just shooting the shit out of some terrible, terrible men. And It sounds deeply satisfying. It, it really is, and it, it doesn't really need any more context than that, and there's not a lot to strictly apply. You, you could really stretch and find some uh some metaphors or allegories or whatever you want to do but really it's just the the visceral satisfaction of seeing it that works very very well um and i highly recommend if you didn't already use your thanksgiving weekend to watch godless on netflix that you find a way to do so indeed i i will tell i'll just pick up from there and say that the next thing i want to watch is godless um i started watching a little bit of it and i was like i need to pay proper attention to this and but I'm very intrigued. I got to watch you watching it this afternoon, and you were just cackling with delight. Um, and so I'm like, that that sells me. I really do. I mean, I really do enjoy it. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Excellent. I can't I mean that that cast alone. Yeah. Um, Ben, what's the next thing you're looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Easy Season Two on Netflix. Um, not to make this an all Netflix all the time podcast, but. Uh, Joe Swanberg's first season set in Chicago starring among many other talented actors uh, Aya Cash was great like I, I mean I really it's it they're mostly standalone episodes uh, that are like little short films uh, more so even than in the vein of Master of None because there's entirely different characters in almost every episode there's a touch of overlap and I'm sure there will be more of that and definitely some of the characters from season one are returning but also, also people like Aubrey Plaza are in here now. So um, I, I love watching what this guy does, and I love how he did it in the first season, and I love kind of the debate over which episodes are good, which episodes are bad, um, and which actors thrive in this context and which ones don't, and then just his overall encapsulation of Chicago as someone who is from Illinois. I love it. I could watch it 
endlessly and put it up on the wall as a, as a piece of art. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. Hooray. And you'll be able to read all about that on more and more on IndieWire.com, where you, where you will find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like. You'll also find an array of podcasts, which I'm not going to list specifically right now because we need to get out the door, but they're there. Just find them. They're great. Yeah, search IndieWire on iTunes. You'll be there. And you could also go to in, in, uh, iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Or you could do that on other podcasting apps that you might have handy. And you can also follow Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers. And you can, find, you can also find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and an E. That is correct. Uh, we will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, keep watching television. <laughs> 